Welcome to the Ashby Room. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Chrissy Estrada, the head of marketing operations at State, an industry-leading motion graphics studio based out of Los Angeles, California. In this episode, I asked Chrissy about her extensive experience in animation and production, her journey from growing up in Nuvaldi, Texas, to attending Notre Dame, moving to Chicago for work, and finally landing in Los Angeles. We talk about Chrissy's design community R&D and her vlog, Ola Chrissy, which will be linked in the show notes. And finally, her motivations and plans for the MBA program here at UC Berkeley Haas. Without further ado, please enjoy this pleasant conversation with Chrissy Estrada. Can you tell me about your blog a little bit, your vlog, like why you decided to do it, what you cover, who's it for? So I started a blog about my MBA experience. It's called Hola Chrissy on YouTube. And I started it because I, when I was looking for my dream MBA program, I did a lot of research and part of that research was looking for vlogs on YouTube. And I found some, there was a girl in Colombia <laughs> that I really liked watching. And there was a, there was some for like the full-time students or even the undergrad Hossies, but I didn't see anything for an executive program. And so I really wanted to share what does like a day-to-day block weekend look like for people? Because, you know, you can see the schedule, but I feel like what's so beautiful about what we do here is all the stuff that happens in between and the fact that it's different every time. Like one block, I'm going hiking. Another block, I'm going to a Warriors game. Another block, I'm at an AI conference. You know, like there's so many cool things that happen around just the classwork that I don't know if people understand about the experience. Yeah, there's most of those I think happen Wednesday nights when we're kind of fresh um, the hike especially, right? Yeah, the longer activities are usually on Wednesdays or I'd say Sundays. Like I've stayed an oh, extra day yeah. to go to a conference or to like grab coffee with someone that I want to connect with. So I'm a commuter student, so I'm usually trying to take advantage as much as I can when I am here. So I'll come earlier on Wednesdays and stay later on Sundays if there's like an activity going on. And where are you flying in from? I live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. So let's uh, like uh, talk about your work a little bit. Um, what do you do today and who do you work for? What do they make? Yeah, so my background, my experience is in production and marketing for animation. And right now I work at a wonderful boutique animation studio called State. And we make animation for all sorts of clients. We make animation for broadcast, direct to brand. We work with tech companies. We work on features. So it's kind of hard to encapsulate in just like one sentence. Uh, if I had to, I'd say like we make really cool animation. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, you decided to do an MBA. Uh, it's an interesting. I, I think we get a lot of tech people, especially in the Bay Area. So. When talking to people in the creative field, it's a, it's always kind of like, what, like what do you, why are you doing that? Why are you doing it? <laughs> but like more like like well, <laughs> what do I ask? What do I ask you to to really bring out something interesting for this kind of audience, the, like the our cohort? Um, and so maybe with that like audience in mind, like people who work in technology and healthcare, like what like what are you going to do with an MBA in your field? Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
for myself, I really wanted just some greater general management skills. I'm a film major. I'm from a small town. I had a small town education. <laughs> Humble, but, uh, you know, there's there's more to learn out there. And I'm really grateful for all the opportunities I've had to go into leadership roles. But I have this imposter syndrome, you know, like I'm not supposed to be at that table or if I'm going to be at that table, I need to have more to say. And I'm someone that I don't speak up a lot, uh, but I feel like when I do, it's because I really believe in what I'm saying. And so I wanted more confidence, more skills, more quantitative skills from this program um, to to just be a greater a leader, a greater voice. Another thing I'm really passionate about is like DEI um, and supporting honestly, women like myself, Latinas, um, other minorities, um, people that are not usually in these spaces. So that was really important for me to just be the representative to someone that looks like me that like, hey, you can be here too. Yeah. We're in block two or sorry, term two. Um, We took some certain classes last term. We're taking a certain set of classes this term. are they contribute? Would you say they're useful? Like this is kind of what you expected and want for that business acumen and leadership acumen, um, and like, w- it would it be applicable for somebody from your background to pursue uh, what we're doing? Let's see. I mean, this term we're studying macroeconomics, we're studying finance, we're studying marketing. Um, I'd say this term feels a little more um, either directly relative to what I do, mm-hmm. marketing. That's exactly what I'm doing. Or um, just things I really wanted to learn going in, like understanding the world around me, like why inflation? Why are the interest rates changing, you know? Um, And finance as well. I mean, again, this is something that I, it's not a common knowledge in my community. Um, I didn't grow up with any financial literacy. Uh, I like to say, you know, I think I said this in one of my videos, right? It's like, I I love my parents so much and they gave me so much, uh, but financial literacy wasn't necessarily one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And so to be here in these spaces and see everything that you guys know and to see these opportunities that are out there, I just want to turn around and go back and shout to where I came from, like, hey, look at everything that's over here, you know, and to bring up other people with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I jumped on your LinkedIn right before, just like, oh. And I was like, there's so much, so many things here. Uh, but the thing I, w- I was really curious about, and I think you talked about an event that you had like organized oh, and yeah. planned. Um, R&D. Is at R&D. Um, can you talk about what you do and what the mission of that, that organization is? Yeah. So R&D is an event that I run down in Los Angeles that's geared towards the design animation community. And what we do is we bring these industry speakers that are, you know, top professionals in our field and we bring them for a talk. But it's not uh, it's not technical. You know, we didn't want it to be like, hey, let's open up After Effects and like have a tutorial. It's it really is about human stories. Um, it's about personal struggles. We really push our speakers to be open and vulnerable about their mistakes because I feel like that's where people learn more yeah. is from their mistakes. And um, we started back in 2018 
kind of took a pause during COVID and we picked back up in the summer of 2023. And it's been fantastic. I mean, just the, the things that people tell me, the feedback that I get, uh, testimony, that's the word I was looking for, like the testimonials that we hear back from people are always so good. You know, um, you would think that given the size of the animation industry in LA, that there would be more uh, events like this, but there's really not. And it's, it's such a shame, you know, because we're all there struggling through the same stuff. We should be talking to each other because I mean, clearly from the Haas program, there's so much to be learned by gathering together and sharing experiences and sharing knowledge that just helps all of us grow, you know? And I, I think it's really cool. I, um, I co-founded this with, uh, Marcel, he's, he's the owner of state as well. And I just love that he will bring our competitors too. like, he'll even like let them be speakers, you know? And I, I think that's wonderful because it's like, Hey, it's not you versus me. We can, grow together. And uh, who's the typical person you see going there? Like who, who goes to yeah. these R&D events? Oh man, it's, I really like it because it's a pretty diverse crowd, especially depending on the speaker, right? Of course mm-hmm. the speaker will <laughs> kind of skew the audience. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, we have people that are just recent grads. Uh, we even have some students because there are a fair amount of art schools in LA. So we'll get some students, we'll get recent grads, we'll get people that have been in the industry for 20 plus years. So it is a really good mix of folks. Um, I will, I will say they tend to skew more on the artist side, right? They're animators, they're designers, they're creative directors. And we do get some people on the production side. So Mm -hmm. like the producers, the executive producers, um, as well. But yeah, it's, it's just a like an awesome creative community. That's awesome. Um, maybe dialing it back a bit, um, a little bit more about uh, your early life. I think you were born in Texas? Born and raised in Uvalde, Texas. Can you talk about growing up being Mexican-American, um, maybe some challenges, um, or <laughs> if you could kind of paint that narrative of like how you got to where you are today. Um, and, you know, if it could be useful, something useful for somebody in a similar situation, similar background. Yeah. I think, I think one thing that's unique about me compared to some other Mexican Americans I've spoken to, especially in LA, right? Someone growing up in a big city is that Uvalde is primarily Hispanic. Um, I don't know the percentages these days, but I want to say it's something close to 70% Hispanic, you know, uh, maybe 20 percent white and then like you know everybody else (laughs) um so what that created for me growing up is that I never felt like a minority and I heard this word minority growing up but I didn't really understand its meaning or its weights and it wasn't until I went to college I went to college at the University of Notre Dame uh where my world was like like totally shook of like, oh, that's what they meant, you know? And that was really when I saw the differences, like economically, Mm. educationally. Um, Because again, you know, Uvalde, it's like, it's a beautiful community. And um, 
I would say it, it doesn't feel like there's this big gap between those that have and those that don't. Like, it kind of feels like we're all sort of struggling, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. We're struggling together, and there's this, that creates this sense of community and supporting each other, and everyone knows everyone's cousin, aunt, your first grade teacher, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but, so what I think that did for me is that I, I think I, I didn't, feel like I wasn't supposed to be somewhere yeah. um, at that until that point, you know, like the society at that point hadn't like pushed me down, you know? So I think I had a little more confidence. Like I remember the first week I got into Notre Dame being sort of uh, pulled aside by the Latino community there. It's feeling like I was doing, I don't even know what it felt like, like a, secret society or like a mafia. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, we got your back, you know? And I just, um, I don't know. I could just feel like there, there's a, a lot of hurt and, and rightfully so, right? There's a lot of hurt and pain there from people because of their experiences that I didn't have. So I, I, I think I tried to be sort of that bridge between the two groups and not feeling like um, you needed to stay with your yeah. your cultural group when you were in college. That I think I felt a little more easy that I could float across it's, different groups. I completely identify. Um, growing up in San Francisco, probably 60% Chinese or Asian, um, never felt really like a minority. Um, and then come college, some of my high school friends would go to the East Coast, some some school in the East Coast, right? Didn't matter which one. But then they suddenly, they, they experienced this being a minority. And they would kind of come back changed, like, uh, during winter breaks or summer breaks. They're just a little, little different. Like, their eyes have been opened. Um, like, I think I felt comfortable floating more between different types of groups. Like I was, I was in marching band. So I had like my marching Same. band friends <laughs> and yeah, clarinets. Woo. Um, and I, I had my dorm friends cause Notre Dame, we don't have fraternities or sororities, but we are, uh, very tied to whatever dorm you're in. It kind of has that same vibe as a fraternity mm -hmm. sorority. So I had my my dorm friends. I had my mariachi friends. I had my film major friends, you know. So I feel like um, I had a lot of different groups of friends, and that was, like, a really yeah. beautiful experience. Yeah, I felt the same way because um, I, I went to school in San Jose State for undergrad, and so – Diversity was still like omnipresent. Like everybody was something else, something mm -hmm. different. Um, and then I was also doing ROTC in the military, and it's like a little less diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and fitting into that, you know, was a little easier. Like I didn't have that. I, I guess I didn't have the baggage um, of having grown up as maybe the only Chinese family in a community. And, oh and, yeah, and the I weird. mean, all it takes is one person saying one awful thing to you and it leaves scars, yeah. you know, and that stuff doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, how about after college? Um, can you talk about your career progression? What did you do right after and how did you move up? Hmm. So after, after college, I, well, I guess, let me back up a little bit. So for me, I was a film major at Notre Dame yeah. and I did not have a job offer upon graduation like some of my business classmates. <laughs> and so I 
and I didn't have anything to fall back on. You know, I didn't have like a parent with a huge bank account. Um, I had a little bit of savings that I had gotten from working all through college. Mm. And I knew a couple people in Chicago and I decided to move there. My dream was to move to Los Angeles, but I was really scared (laughs) because I didn't have any money. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know anybody there. And it just seemed sort of like too giant of a mountain for me to climb at the time. Um, And Chicago seemed like, like, okay, it's like a mountain, but like a tiny mountain. Like, I think I can do it, you know? And so I I moved there um, and again, didn't have a job. Uh, but I got an unpaid internship. Don't recommend <laughs> unpaid <laughs> internships. I'm so glad they're not as prevalent now as they were then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, took an unpaid internship. And um, you know, honestly, it wasn't anything that happened during the official hours of the internship. I was just kind of doing whatever, helping grab coffee, clean the office, organize hard drives of footage for the editors, you know, nothing exciting. Um, But through that, I became good friends with one of the on-staff directors. They had like a small director roster. Mm -hmm. And so he um, was the the golden child of the company and could use the soundstage for whatever he wanted, basically. And so he had a lot of musician friends and they would love to like shoot music videos after work in the soundstage. That's awesome. And so there was just like one random day where he was like, hey, um, if you don't have any plans, do you want to stay and kind of PA for us uh, for this music video we're shooting tonight? What does that entail? So just like helping set up lights, break down equipment, help the band if nice. they need something, you know, just like just <laughs> generally help around yeah, yeah, the set. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, I don't have any money to pay you, but we'll, there will be like food. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and again, I had nothing going on. So I was like, sure. You know, like what's the alternative? Like sit in my sad studio apartment, <laughs> you know, that's like a shoebox, or like do this. It sounds cool. So I did that. And then that turned into like, another music video that they were shooting and I joined them. And then he also had friends that were like fashion designers and she wanted to shoot her fall lookbook. So we went to this like abandoned theater that I'm pretty sure was haunted and like shot a video there. And it was, and again, it was more at the time, it was just fun. You know, it was like fun to make creative stuff. It felt like I was still in film school, you know, like this extended version of film school. And, um, and and there was one day after all of those all of those wonderful experiences that he called me into his office and he's like, Chrissy, I know you're looking for a job and I could offer you a job here, but it kind of sucks. Don't work here. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, That's let honest. me do you one better. I'm going to email like the people I know and see if they're looking for someone. Can you send me your resume? Which was amazing. So he basically went through like his contact book and emailed like 30 people. Hey, this is Chrissy. She just graduated. She's awesome. If you need somebody. And from those 30 people, I think like three of them got back to me. Two of them were just like a nice informational interview. It was cool. But one of them was a a man named Chad who had just opened a 
boutique animation studio called Leviathan. And they needed someone to be like PA slash coordinator slash junior producer for them. And yeah, I had an interview and I got the job. And so it kind of just went from there. You know, I, I will say, um, I have to give a huge shout out. So the company Leviathan was owned by three people, um, three partners. And so the creative director of the studio, his name was Jason White. And I'm so, so lucky to have had them, all three of them as like my first boss. Like I didn't realize it till later, but having a good manager, a good boss is so essential, especially in those early years of your career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell recent grads when I get a chance to talk to them and they ask me for advice, it's like, hey, choose good mentorship over money in the beginning, right? Like that's going to propel you further in the long run than whatever cash they throw at you. Because it's, it's not like it's that great of a difference anyway, right. you know? Um, so Jason White, I like to call him like my Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here of this question, but That's I have great. to tell this one story. It's like he used to, I'm not a plant person. Like my mother is a great gardener. I did not inherit that gift from her. <laughs> I kill like every plant cactus succulent that <laughs> touches my path. Um, and so Jason had all of these beautiful plants that he had in the studio and he asked me to water them and take care of them. And I was like, "Mm, sure about that, Jason. I don't know if you want me watering this like $500 plant. Um, but you know what? I, he taught me how, and I did it and I took care of those studio plants. Like they were my babies and they were fine. Um, and there was just like one day where he was like, Hey, if I can't trust you with these plants, how can I trust you with my client that I've spent my whole career trying to get to work with me, you know? And it was just like, oh, at the time, you know, like, oh, like what an amazing uh, teaching. And so anyway, so yeah, that's why I call him my Mr. Miyagi. He would like make me do stuff that didn't make sense at the time. And then I learned some greater lesson. Yeah. Um, But basically what happened after that, I mean, I always tell young animators, designers, it really is the first job it's the hardest because this industry is not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get to know people very quickly. And so from the first job, I met other uh, producers. I met other animators. And so I had given myself a deadline like, OK, I don't want to get too comfy in Chicago. I need to keep pushing myself. And my actual goal was L.A. So I gave myself a deadline to save money, get experience, and then I was going to move. And so that's what I did. I basically stayed like a year and a half in Chicago and then moved to L.A. And when I got there, a producer that I had met in Chicago had just moved to L.A. And I called her like, do you know anyone that needs anybody? Like, I just need a job, you know. And she's like, yeah, I do. Can you come tomorrow? Oh, wow. And so I have I really believe in the power of human connection and networking because that really is how I've you know, succeeded in my career and gotten all of my opportunities. It's just from connecting with people, show up, do a good job. And yeah. I love that. There's actually a lot of actionable uh, things in there, right? Like there's a lot of grit you demonstrated. You're you're taking unpaid work. Uh, You're doing (laughs) it because it's fun. But like at the end of the day, what paid off was the connections you made with those people, the trust and the credibility um, then the next step is, you know, you're, you're like head of marketing 
Yeah. So to I I know I, I got to I love no, no, the no, beginning no. of the story though. No, it's, it's so this good. Is good. But, but <laughs> Actually, the whole story is good. But you know, so to speed up a little bit. So I I um, once I was in LA, I worked at a few different shops, um, and I really what drew me to go to different studios was that I kept wanting to learn something new. So like the first shop I was at, that was really the first time I learned motion graphics. Mm -hmm. At Leviathan, I was doing projection mapping. We were doing graphics for concerts. We were creating experiential events. And then I was working on motion graphics for these like super high budget commercials um, at a company called The Mill, which is like uh, the mill basically makes like every Super Bowl commercial if it has any kind of VFX or, or wow. motion graphics. That's like awesome. they have crazy uh, projects and budgets, very high end stuff. And then I jumped to another studio because I wanted to learn visual effects. And then I jumped to work on a documentary feature film about Malala Yousafzai. And that was cool because I'd never worked on a feature film. And then after that, I worked at another shop, and that was more like sports graphics and broadcast packages, which, again, these are all related, but it's sort of like cousins, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, I took a break from the industry. I had just oh, gotten really? promoted to producer, and then mm -hmm. I took a break because I had this other dream of wanting to live abroad. Yeah. And so I moved to Japan, and wow. I became an English teacher over there. That's a whole. I That's feel a like whole we could talk other story. That, that could be a whole hours. other podcast. Is yeah. your Japanese pretty good? Squishy. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, maybe since we're what are we? We're at like thirty minutes. Mm. Um, two questions. I don't know if you want to talk about LunaCap at all. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit as a, like a tool for, um, or. You know, what, how, whatever value you got out of it. I know yeah, um, it's, mm. both you and Andrew uh, went through that. Uh, and then also, what are you hoping to do with the MBA after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very, very grateful um, that I got a few, I got a scholarship for Haas. Um, and that really helped me to make this program a good financial decision for my family. Um, I am married, and we, so we are a double income household. But then my husband got laid off, and so there was there was some like iffy times there where I didn't know if this was the right choice for for me mm -hmm. financially. Um, but I was able to get a scholarship um, through Haas, and then in addition to that, I joined the Lunacat Foundation, which is a, a program that's geared towards veterans and people with Mexican heritage, which which sounds like a really random combo, <laughs> but it's because the um, the founder of LunaCap, he is um, Mexican-American and he's a vet as well. So these are kind of the two yeah. uh, groups that he's trying to, to help. And so there are scholarships, but not everybody gets a scholarship for LunaCap. Um, it really is more about having this additional network that you can tap into uh, that are people from all of the top business schools. Like we, I'd say the majority of the folks are on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So Harvard, MIT, Columbia, you know, um, I think on the West Coast, I think it's just us and maybe a, a couple Stanford people. Okay. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And then that was like, I assume right before you got, you started attending Haas. Yeah. I think yeah. The, the application opened up in January okay. and I think I was notified in like May that I, I was see. part of the program. One thing that's been really beneficial from it so far is that they paired us with a mentor. Oh. And so having this person to talk to that totally understands what you're going through yeah. right now, especially yeah. in the beginning when everything's yeah, yeah. new and confusing has been really helpful. And so again, more resources to tap into. I think I see based on our WhatsApp group, <laughs> if you're interested in IB or um, consulting, there's a lot of support for that. If that's the career path you're thinking about. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what are you looking to do after? Yeah. Not IB, I imagine. Not IB, <laughs> not <laughs> consulting, I don't think. Um, to be honest, I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, I like being in this entertainment bubble. Uh, I like that we have this sort of cross section with tech now. Um, and I'm just really trying to explore right now of what is that next step. Like I'm attracted to AI and how that works in my industry. Um, but I'm also, again, like I said, just really passionate about DEI, about community, about um, how can I make sure that all of these tools are being socially responsible to people um, and we're considering the consequences? I mean, I think that's always been important to me, but now I'm a mom, and so it's especially important to me how these technologies affect kids as well. Um, and at the same time, I'm also interested in entrepreneurship as yeah. well. So th there's so many things that I just want to explore while I'm here and, and figure out. What's next? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm right there with you, taking advantage of all those resources, events, programs. Like if you wanted to start a company, you can do it at pretty low stakes. Um, yeah, I here. mean, even just getting those skills of like, what am I supposed to be thinking about here to make sure that this is a good path or a good decision, you know? Because it doesn't, I think what I, I was just talking to our VPs of entrepreneurship about is that, you know, Berkeley is known for tech, we're in Silicon Valley, you know, and so um, sometimes I felt like, oh, all of those ideas are on a pedestal and everything else is sort of just like swept into the corner. Yeah. But I don't think that's really the case, you know, because again, these skills can be applied whether you're making an app or opening a restaurant, you know, it's still, these are still fundamental business skills. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's kind of our time. I see all these students coming back from lunch. Are we supposed to be in class? <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. We're, we're okay. Um, any last comments? Anything you want to maybe pitch your blog, your vlog, um, your YouTube yeah. channel? Yeah. So yes, if you are listening to this and you're not already at Haas, but you want to be at Haas, I highly recommend checking out my vlog so you can see what it's like um, on a day-to-day. -day. But I will say, I, I always want to say this caveat is like, but what's amazing about Haas is that it's very much a choose your own adventure. You know, like I'm sharing my experience and I'm having a great time, but there's so many other things you can do and experience here as well, you know, but like, here's one story and I hope other people share their stories too. Definitely. Thank you for sharing yours. Yeah. Thank you awesome. for inviting me. <laughs> Thanks.